All right. Good afternoon. What a uh, beautiful day out there. Three minutes after one, we are set to go. John Skull's here simply hosting, but all the brains of the operation, Lior Samfiru from employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out to Lior anytime. I'll tell you right off the top how you do that, and you'll want to get your information straight if just for a chat, 1-855-821-5900. It is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we'll get through uh, and on to a little bit later on today. But uh, we always tell you to call into the show, ask your questions, be that third voice on the air, get the knowledge because you're going to be helping everybody else who's listening as well, who probably have the same, if not a similar question that you have. How do you do that? Uh, 416-872-1010 to get on air. You can also text us at 71010 if that's easier. And we'll try to go back and forth between those, the emails, and our main topic of the uh, of the afternoon, which is going to be don't ever do this when it comes to the workplace setting. That is all coming up here in but moments. But we always start off with the case of the day, a week that was, pal. What do you got, to, what do you got going on on this fine Sunday? Hey, John. Great to be here, of course. Pumped to be talking about employment law as mm-hmm. usual. It's been busy week, busy few weeks, frankly, at the office. Lots of questions answered uh, and lots of uh, problems solved. And we do that on this show. So you have an opportunity right now to uh, get a, a fast track to your answer just by calling the show, asking the question. You'll know what to do if you have a workplace problem, if your boss did something that maybe your boss is not supposed to do, or maybe you worry that your job is in jeopardy. What can you do? Should your employer have done anything? Should you be saying something? Well, whatever the issue, the question, the problem, uh, right now we have answers for you. You can talk, you can get answers, and hopefully start off next week better. Uh, But of course, if you want to continue the conversation privately with me, as John said, we'll give you that contact information throughout the show, phones and emails, so you can uh, make that uh, move as well. But I always like to start off with uh, the week that was, some cases that came across my desk. So first one I'll tell you about, John, I spoke with a gentleman. He uh, and uh, six other people worked for this one small employer. Well, about four months ago, they were told by this employer that uh, the business is not doing great. He's trying to sell the business. But mm-hmm. until that sales, a sale happens, he's going to put everyone on a temporary layoff. So, you know, right now we're just going to try to, keep things quiet and I'm going to sell the business. And once the business is sold, you and your colleagues are all going to be back to work. So this was four months ago. He had followed up this gentleman with his employer. Okay, what's happening? You know, I need to get back to work. Is there any update? No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Uh, Finally frustrated, frustrated. He calls me and he says, well, what do I do here? How long do I wait? This guy saying he's selling the business, he's going to have work for me, but he really doesn't. You know, I need to work. What happens here? So, of course, the problem here was with the assumption that this individual made that his employer was actually allowed to put him on a temporary layoff to begin with. Mm -hmm. The reality is, and you know this, our regular listeners, I hope, know this, is that the employer did not have a right to put him on a temporary layoff. Doesn't matter what the reason, doesn't matter if the business was slow, doesn't matter if he was trying to sell the business. Just the act of putting someone on a temporary layoff, telling him you're not working, you're not getting paid, that is a termination of employment. That means severance has to be paid if that's what the employee wants. So it's not even a question of how long do I have to wait. It's the fact that he didn't have to wait at all, not a day, not a week, nothing. He could have treated it as a termination right off the bat. So he was very, very relieved to hear that. So I'm now involved. I'm going to help him get severance. He's worked for this company for over 10 years. So we're potentially looking at a year's pay, maybe even more than that for him. But a reminder there, 
that even if there's quote unquote a good reason for the company to put you on a temporary layoff does not mean that they have a right to do so. There isn't that right. You can treat that as a termination. Company can't just decide, well, we're going to not pay you. We're not going to give you work. We're not going to work here for a while. If your company does that, good reason, bad reason, no reason, you can choose to treat that as a termination and get your severance. It's not up to the employer. It's up to the employee. Again, guys, 416-872-1010 to join us here on air and answer all of your questions. Love having you with us. Gary, thanks for uh, getting on the hop early, pal. How are you today? Um, well, thanks so for taking my phone call. You bet. What's up? Yeah, I was just curious to know. Basically, uh, I'm in a uh, clerical, uh, clerical position, and uh company said that they were going to hire a general manager and put me as an assistant manager four months ago. And uh, a month uh, ago... They sat me down and said they've hired the GM and uh, to be waiting for uh, engagement, et cetera, development. But I've heard nothing. Uh, there's no work for me. And I'm just curious to know if I should wait for this carrot being dangled in front of my head or is my mm-hmm. job in jeopardy and they're just too, uh, too timid to let me go. So, Gary, you said there's no work for you. So are you not actually working right now? <clears throat> no, I'm sitting at my desk looking at the ceiling. <laughs> Right. It's okay. So you're not actually doing do work because there's not nothing for you to do. But but fortunately, they're still paying you at this point. Yes, sir. So I'm just curious to know if they're just waiting to maybe wait me out until I leave and hire someone a lesser pay. So the, the reality is that as a business decision for them to pay you your wage while you're not working, it's obviously not a good move. If they wanted you gone financially, they're better off paying you severance. Uh, and and then hiring someone else if they want to to pay them less. So it's actually not a good move for them to do to to, to try to wait you out because from your perspective, hey, if they want to pay you for not doing anything, I mean, you can let them. So I don't think that's what's going on. Again, I can't speak for sure. Ultimately, they're allowed to let you go. They're not legally required to give you another role. What they can't do is decide not to pay you. They can't let you go without severance. And, and how long have you been there for? Uh, over a year. So depending on your specific uh, role and age, you could be looking anywhere from two, maybe even three months of severance. So if they want to let you go, they can do that. They can pay that severance. Mm. For now, I would follow up with them, make sure that they understand that you're ready, willing, and able to take on other responsibilities. But frankly, from my perspective, if they're willing to pay you at this point, let's see where that goes. I don't see a need for you to immediately act uh, if they're paying you, if you were told to tell me that they put you on a temporary layoff, that they weren't paying you, very different situation. For now, we'll just follow up with them and, and see where it goes. Great advice. Thank you so much. Have a great day, John. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate uh, your time here. And if you need to follow up, have a further discussion after you hear back or not, you can always uh, reach out to Leo anytime. one 821 5900 answers at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to go work for that company. We're doing nothing, yeah. but we're paying you. I'm in. That's my kind me of gig. Me too. If, if they're hiring, <laughs> let me know. I'll send out the application. Uh, you know, so it, it is possible that the company is is waiting that he'd quit, but what motivation would he have to quit? Yeah. And so it, it's, it's probably a company that's just trying to figure out what its needs are. Uh, and yeah, if he gets paid, then I think he should take it. Again, guys, 416-872-1010. That is how you reach out to Lior and uh, and myself here this afternoon for the remainder of the hour. 71010 is the uh, the text number if you just want to simply text in your question. Um, 
Got one here actually through a text. Says, Lior, uh, hi, if my boss is unable to meet his obligations on a payday, is that a constructive dismissal, even if I get it a week or maybe two weeks uh, two weeks later? What do you think? Yeah, and, and I get this asked often. Yeah. One of the most fundamental obligations that an employer has is to pay you as agreed, which means to pay you on time. You can't decide, well, you know what? I know I have a shift today, but I'll come in next week to do that shift, right? You can't do that yeah. because your obligation is to go to work when you're supposed to. Company's obligation is to pay you when it's supposed to. So yes, if your employer won't pay you, that is absolutely constructive dismissal. Now, listen, if it happened one time and it was a, you know, one issue, you're probably okay and it's probably not a constructive dismissal but if this comes becomes one of those things where you don't know on paid if you're going to get paid if it's going to be delayed absolutely not appropriate completely constructive dismissal you shouldn't have to accept that and you can treat that as a termination so again one time one off situation not a constructive dismissal if this becomes a even a semi regular thing that your employer doesn't pay you on time definitely constructive dismissal let me ask you this question because I know it's going to come up sometime in this hour. Either someone's going to call in and ask or it's going to get texted to us. The Shopify thing. This is a big <laughs> mess up by this company. Break it down. What is going on with these guys? So, Johnny, I've been practicing LogOn now in 21 years. Never seen anything like this. So, <laughs> nice. Shopify lets go a lot of people across Canada, over 2,000 people, and offers them severance packages. And, of course, uh, threatens them with a the deadline. You better accept the severance package by Friday or else. Well, a lot of them get advice and, you know, these are reasonable packages. So they accept them. They do exactly as Shopify told them to do. They sign it back. They send it back, accepted the package. Great. Only for Shopify Shopify to then turn around and say, yeah, no, actually, no, no. We're not good with that. We're not going to pay it. We're going to pay you something completely different, a lot less. And by the way, for many of these people, we're talking the difference of tens of thousands wow. of dollars. Wow. Tens of thousands. So clearly that can't be. Once you you accept that severance offer, you have a contract in place and you can't just decide that uh, the employer can't decide that they won't pay it. Just like the employee can't say, you know, that severance offer that I signed, I just realized that I, I'm not happy with it. So I'm not going to accept it. It's too late by then. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've commenced a class action on behalf of all those Shopify employees that accepted their severance package only or Shopify to then renege on it. Uh, so that that we're still figuring out how many people we're talking about. A lot of people have contacted us with that situation. It's not the way it works. It's not legal to do that. So we look forward to getting this resolved and getting that compensation for those Shopify employees. Is it? Did they get some really bad advice before they turned this? Because they were doing okay. Some of these packages weren't bad. Yeah, you know, I don't know what happened here, John. I'm not even going to speculate. I just can tell yeah. you that, you know, thousands and thousands of matters and severance packages that I've done and my colleagues have done over the years, we've never seen anything like this. So certainly someone here made a big mistake. And with that, we'll get into our first break, give you some time to grab a phone, dial that number 416-872-1010 with your questions or text us at 71010 and we'll get into don't ever do this. That's our main topic. It's coming up after a short break as we continue right here on the Employment Law Show. Stand by. It is one twenty. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you along here. And it's fantastic Sunday afternoon, right? You want to uh, take some time to call in and you have questions about uh, your work life. This is the show every week you want to do it. 416-872-1010. The text number is 710 if uh, you'd rather, 71010 if you'd rather just 
type it in and ask that way. But we're going to get to our main topic in between that is don't ever do this. These are talking points, Leo, I know you want to get to because some of these may be, uh, you know, obvious. Some are not so obvious, right? People might not know these things. That's right. We were, we want to tell people what not to do in certain situations because by doing these things that we're going to list, you may be giving up rights that you have. You may be walking away from entitlements. So don't do these. These are things that if, if it happens to you, you avoid doing. We'll tell you what to do instead. So definitely an important list to be aware of. First one is this. Don't accept a temporary layoff without understanding what you could be doing to your future rights. Big times. So I talked already right at the beginning of the show how an employer is not allowed to put you on a temporary layoff, or at least it gives you the right to treat that as a termination. So an employer doesn't have that ability to impose it on you. Well, the question becomes, well, okay, if I accept this temporary layoff, is it really that bad? Well, we're talking about things you don't want to do. You don't want to accept that temporary layoff. And the reason for that, there's a few, but one of the main reasons is by accepting that, You've given the company the right to do it again and again. And I know it sounds strange. I just told you an employer is not allowed to put you on a temporary layoff. But if you let it happen that first time, arguably, arguably now they can do it again and again. So you may find yourself uh, going back to work after being called back and then putting, putting, getting put back on a temporary layoff, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Not a good situation to be in. Essentially, you're going to be potentially working half the year, even less than that. Not a good thing. And why could that happen? Well, because you accepted that first temporary layoff. So definitely, when it comes to temporary layoffs, be very careful. Understand what you could be doing if you accept it. In many cases, it's better to say, no, I'm treating this as a termination. I am getting my severance and moving on to somewhere else. Again, I want to remind you that text number to uh, text in your questions. If you prefer that method, you can do that. 71010 is how you do it. Common here, Leo says, guys, back in November, my employer put me on an unpaid vacation because work slows down. In addition, the employer owes me around 10K in purchase reimbursements and a month's salary, all documented. If I sue them, can I sue them? If I sue them, can I make them pay for the law firm fees as well? Yeah, so absolutely. You, you, you certainly can. Uh, it's not something that an employer can can just uh, decide to, to put you off work. Now, keep in mind, the fact that they put you on a vacation, that is something they can do if it's a paid vacation. An unpaid vacation is a temporary layoff. Mm-hmm. It's not something they can do. So number one, the unpaid vacation is a constructive dismissal. You're owed severance. They owe you money as well. They have to pay it. So legal action here would resolve. It's not a complicated thing. You don't have to go to court. It's simply a settlement which will be obtained, which will always include a contribution towards legal fees. So the best advice here is, yeah, let's connect off air. Let me understand exactly what happened. But unpaid vacation is just another term for a temporary layoff. It's not legal. It's not something an employer can do. If that's what happens to you, you got to give me a call right away. Back to our list of don't ever do this. Another big one. Don't accept changes to the terms of your employment, even if it's for legitimate business reasons, right? This is very much tied to what I said about temporary layoff. An employer does not have a right to make changes to the terms of your employment, big changes. They can't just reduce your pay significantly. They can't just change your shifts, your hours, demote you, relocate you. An employer cannot just do those things. If they do, that's considered a constructive dismissal in most cases. Well, oftentimes people don't know that that's the case and they accept those changes. But here too, you don't want to do that. If you just accept those changes, well, I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to accept the pay cut or the demotion. Well, now they have a right to do it again and again and again. And you took that 15 
percent pay cut because you wanted to be the team player. Well, by accepting it, now the company can do it again. And then they're going to reduce it by another 15 and then 30 and then 50. And then before you know it, you're not making anything. Why? Because you let it happen initially. So whenever you're faced with these significant changes, it may be better off to say constructive dismissal. Sometimes, by the way, your employer can end up backing off completely once they realize that you know your rights. But if your employer won't back off, maybe it's time to leave. Maybe it's time to get severance and move on. Remembering, of course, severance can be as much as two years pay. What I don't want anyone to do, by the way, is the last point I'll make here is that if you think you're in a constructive dismissal situation, I don't want you to quit without talking to me. No one quits without speaking to me first because we got to do it right. We got to have our I's dotted and T's crossed. So call me first before you quit. And again, guys, here and now, 416-872-1010. Do not be bashful. Call in with your questions. We can have that discussion. You know, and, and the follow-up question. Uh, question to that point you just made about changes to your work and uh you know people either ask it or i ask you every time is what if it's something that it kind of seems not too bad on the surface you like working where you work you've been there for years you want to be the you know the company guy company person and muck in for a bit can you do it on a trial basis possible or do you have to do that in writing yeah and sometimes your employer imposes a change you know you don't like it you don't want it but then again is it better to stay and so you're kind of on the fence and really what you need is just more time to think about it so the way to do that the way to buy yourself a bit more time is to tell your employer well i'm not okay with this but i'm going to try it out i'm going to try it for a few weeks see how this either new shift or new hours or new pay structure is going to work out for me. And then I'll let you know where I'm at on it. You do that in writing. So you send an email, a text message saying, I'm going to try it out. If you do that, you've bought yourself some time. You can try it and then make a decision. You can only do that for a few weeks. If you go beyond that, you're going to be considered to have accepted whatever it is that your employer did. And then you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. But it is a good idea in many cases to, to try it out, to take that time. But you want, you want to send something to your employer in writing on that point. Working our way through a list of don't ever do this. And this one's really timely because this is starting to happen all over the place and has been, I guess, probably for the last six months or a year. That is, if you've been working remotely at home or otherwise, don't just refuse to return back to the office, even though you might not want to, right? Yeah, and this has been happening a lot. I spoke with someone right before the weekend in that situation where the before COVID, the person was working from the office regular five days a week. During COVID, they were working remotely. And frankly, this person thought, well, it's been three years. I'm probably going to continue working remotely. Mm -hmm. Well, the employer is saying, well, now we need you to start coming back to work, you know, a couple of days a week, two, three days a week. So this person says, well, I don't want to. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, I get that. I understand. And, you know, I, I've started working from home. I enjoy it myself. But from a legal standpoint, here's how this works. Your employer is allowed to have you go back to the way things were pre-COVID. COVID was a bit of a unique situation. And uh, your employer is not necessarily going to be held to the COVID arrangements. So if your employer says to you, now that I feel comfortable that, you know, we have the pandemic under control, I want you to come back to work, they can do that. OK, and if you say no, you may be considered to have resigned. You may be considered to have abandoned your job. The better thing to do is talk to your employer. Maybe there's a work, uh, there's an arrangement that could be worked out. Maybe I'll come in a day a week or two days a week or every other week, something that everyone can live with. But if you just say no, your employer may consider that potentially a resignation. Now, all that said, 
if you were hired, let's say during COVID specifically to work remotely mm-hmm. and you never worked in the office, then your employer can never, cannot just now say, well, now we've changed our mind. Now you have to come back in. Again, that's a significant change, constructive dismissal. But if you were working in the office before, now your employer can say, come back. You know, it's 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 a tough go because I know we we both know people who have, you know, done things like, hey, I'm gonna it's COVID, I'm working from home now, this is great, I'm gonna fast track my plans to move up to Sault Ste. Marie and retire. But they used to work at, you know, Bay and Richmond. Oops. And now they gotta come back to work and they bought a new house. It's it's terrible situation if they're that far away, right? Well, here's the thing on that. There's an interesting point there. If your employer knew that you were doing that and they said, yeah, that's fine. You can move to Sault Ste. Marie. There's no issue. Mm-hmm. Now they can't change their mind. Nice. Okay. But if you move, they didn't know. And they, from all the, as far as the employer knew, you still live downtown Toronto as an example. Well, your employer can say, come back to work. You should have checked with your employer in that situation. But if your employer approved you moving away and it was understood you're never going to have to come back to work in the office. Now, John, they cannot just change their mind. Don't ever do this. That list continues after a short break. In the meantime, here's a number to call now live into the show, 416-872-1010 with your questions. You keep the texts coming as well. That is 71010. And email for later on is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show coming right back. And we are back at it. 135. Love being here. Hope you're uh, enjoying the show. You can always get employment law knowledge after the show as well. If you uh, prefer to reach out privately, talk to Lior, a member of his team, that is available to you anytime. The phone number, write it down, keep it 1 855 821 5900. And it is answers at employmentlawyer.ca through email. But again, we encourage you to call in for the remaining half hour of the show here and talk to us live. Ask your questions. There are no stupid questions. Believe me, you probably have a million of them. 416 7-2-10-10, or you can text 71010 as well if you prefer that. And we we're uh, working down the list of our topic, an important one today, by the way. Don't ever do this. Things you may not know how to navigate in the workplace and some things you should not do. Like this one, do not sign employment agreements or anything without knowing exactly what you're signing and calling Lior first, right? You know, employment agreements, any workplace documents are there for a purpose. It's it's rare that you'll be asked to sign to sign something that's kind of meaningless. Don't worry about it. Just put your signature on it. It's fine. If you're asked to sign an employment agreement, your employer walks in one day and says, sign this or another document, there's a reason. And it's not generally to give you better rights. Your employer doesn't wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I have an idea. Let me get this employee to sign an employment agreement that gives them more rights than they had. That's a great idea. Let me do that. No, your employer is likely doing that because they're thinking, well, there's better agreements or better arrangements for the employer. So you may be asked to sign an employment agreement, not realizing that in that agreement, for example, there's a term that limits your future severance and can end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars. Or there's a term in there that gives the company the right to change your pay or gives the company the right to change your job. Remember, a company can't do that unless you sign an agreement that gives them that right. Or maybe that agreement gives them the the right to put you on a temporary layoff or prevents you from finding a job somewhere if you were to leave. So whenever you're asked to sign that employment agreement, don't please don't just look at what the salary is, how many weeks vacation. No, you have to look beyond that. Do not sign that without understanding what you could be agreeing to or more importantly, what you could be giving up. The best way to deal with that, if you're asked to sign something out of the blue, Send me a copy. Let me review it. Let me tell you what it means, what it does, and how to deal with your employer in that situation. It's okay to say no. 
not signing it. Can't be punished for it. Okay, you can't be fired for cause for not signing that new employment agreement. And in many cases, that is the right thing to do to say, no, I'm not signing it. But please, before you sign anything, understand what the, the document actually says. Got a uh, wonderful text here. This is a good one. 71010, by the way, is the number to uh, send your text along. Off the top, I have no contract or agreement. Point number one, uh, I've received for the last seven years fixed salary and a fixed commission. My salary represents 45% of my income, and the commission represents 55% of the income. Commission calculations have never been done until very recently. I disagree with their commission calculations very significantly. They've considered my salary, my car, mileage allowance, my benefits, and my commissions paid as draw against commissions earned. They say now they have overpaid me and now stop commissions altogether. Wow. Yeah, wow. There's there's certainly a lot to to unpack here. Uh, this obviously this is wrong. Your employer is now changing the deal here. Instead of salary and commission, they're saying you're really a hundred percent commission, but we've been you know giving you a draw as against it. No, it doesn't work that way. So if this is not the deal, if this is not how the way things work, it it's not something they're allowed to do. Absolutely constructive dismissal. So you know obviously a lot of more information I'd want to know. I'd want to understand much more. But no, what you don't want to do is continue working on this basis because you're going to be considered to have accepted this new arrangement that they put forward. What you need to do is you need to speak to me ASAP, not next month, not even next week. Speak to me right away so we can get to the bottom of that. Oftentimes, just me saying, company, you can't do that. They back off. Okay, we won't. Or the other option is to pursue a constructive dismissal case. But no, your employer is changing the deal and they can't do that. Thanks for the text. If you want to follow up with that uh, with the or a little later, uh, a little later on, you probably will. Right again, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We're talking about things you don't ever want to do in the workplace situation. Don't forget about your employer when you're off on a medical leave. I guess we're talking more than a week or two, right? A couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, if you're off for a few days, obviously you're not forgetting about your employer. You're just simply going to go back to work when you're you're better. But if you're going to be on an extended disability leave, medical leave, you don't want to just forget about your employer. You don't want to just be off for, for months at a time, not say anything, not be in communication, because what you don't want to have happen, you don't want your employer to assume that you're not coming back, that you've resigned, that you've decided to uh, move move on, or that you're incapable of ever coming back to work. You want your employer to know that, yeah, you're still out there, you're still working and getting better and still prepared to come back at some point. The way to do that is every once in a while, every few weeks, send a, an email, a text message. It can even be a one-liner or two lines. Employer, just letting you know, still working and getting better, and I'll update you when I have something more to, to say. Something like that. Good enough. By doing that, it means that your employer can't consider you to have resigned, that your employer has to make all efforts to bring you back to work once you're ready to come back to work. So you're preserving your work status. You're preserving your rights. So don't forget about your employer. Don't forget to be in touch with your employer if you're going to be off for a long time. It takes seconds to do that. But if you do it, you'll be glad you did. Where does it, you know, kind of related to that, where does it stand with the reach of the employer versus how much they can ask versus, you know, prognosis, diagnosis? Where, where, how far can they go as far as that's concerned? You know, this for some reason in the first kind of half of 2023 has been one of the hot topics or the biggest problems that I've been encountering on behalf of my clients. So here's kind of a scenario. 
uh, you need to be off work. You have your doctor's note saying you need to be off work. An employer says, no, ah, no, no, not so fast. We want to know all kinds of information. We want to know what your condition is, what treatment you're getting, medication. Uh, and, and once we know that, maybe then we'll ask you to go to get a second opinion somewhere else. No, no, no. Your employer is not allowed to demand to know what your medical condition is. Not, a, not at all. It's irrelevant whether you're suffering from a broken ankle or from depression. What matters is whether you're able to work. And if your doctor says you're not able to work right now, you need to be off. That's it. That's the end of it. The, the specifics of your medical condition is private, it's personal, and it should be irrelevant to your employer. So if your employer asks for that diagnosis, you can say, no, not going to give it to you. Your employer also can't demand that you see another doctor to get a second opinion. Your employer can ask for information about when can you expect to come back to work? Mm -hmm. When will you have more information? Is there any accommodation that could be given to you? Those are legitimate questions. We call that prognosis. So prognosis, for sure, no problem. Diagnosis, that's offside. Again, we're talking about talking points here today. Don't ever do this. Don't quit unless it's completely voluntary. We do a whole show on this one. We have, we did, and we will again, because mm -hmm. the idea is that a, a resignation is something that you have to do voluntarily. So if your employer tells you, well, I want you to resign, or I expect you to resign, or you better resign or else, well, now it's not voluntary. Don't do that. Oftentimes, if you think that you have no choice because your employer expects you to resign and you do resign, well, guess what? You could be giving your employer a massive gift in the form of, well, now we're not going to pay severance because you resigned. But no, that doesn't work that way. If your employer tells you, I expect you to resign, I want you to resign, your answer should be, no, I'm not resigning because it's not my decision. I haven't chosen to. If you want me gone, employer, fine, let me go, but you're going to have to pay me my severance. So your employer should never demand that of you, should never do that, certainly not without speaking to me first. And if you end up resigning because you really felt you had no choice, please, when you resign, also send an email, a text message saying, I only did it because you told me I had no choice. Right. By doing that, again, you're preserving your rights to severance. You're also preserving your right to get EI. Because remember, if you really resign, you're not going to get EI. So why would you walk away from EI, walk away from severance, when you didn't even want to resign to begin with, your employer forced you or made you. So no, do not resign unless it's voluntarily uh, voluntary, certainly not without speaking to me first. A couple more of these talking points on the way after a short break. I'll give you another chance to uh, grab a phone for our last segment, 416-872-1010 to call into the radio station. Text your questions as well to 71010. And if we got time, we're going to slide over to some email. That would be answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue right here with the employment <laughs> And welcome back to it. Still a uh, few minutes to go. Love having you joining the show, listening to us. We appreciate you hanging out for the hour. If that's what you've been doing uh, so far, you still got some time to call in, grab that phone, reach us here live, 416-872-1010. The text is 71010. And email anytime, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Beyond this hour of the show, uh, once a week, you can always reach out to Lior and his team. They're, they're ready to have that chat. And solve your problems, right? one 821 5900 But the topic we've been handling so far this hour is don't ever do this. And uh, this one is a good life rule. Don't forget to document everything, especially in the workplace you're dealing with, right? 
Oh gosh, yeah, this is so important. Don't forget to document, 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 document. You know, in real estate, it's all location, location, location. When it comes to your legal rights, it's document, document, document. If someone says something to you and you wish you had a record, maybe they promised you a raise, a promotion, uh, you know, write it down and or send an email confirming what happened. If someone said something that there wasn't appropriate, you know, maybe bullying, harassment, you have to document it. They're not going to admit it, right? So the lock gives you all kinds of options uh, when when your rights are violated. But oftentimes, you have to prove what happened to you. If your employer does something and says something and there's no record, you know, they may deny it because they don't want to be in, in the wrong. So the way to deal with that, the way to address it is to document. So anytime there's something that happens, anything something is said that you think is of importance, that you want to make sure uh, no one denies in the, in the future, write it down for yourself or even better. What I like better is to send someone an email confirming, today at two o'clock, this is what happened. Yeah. So important. By doing that, you're preserving your rights, Okay. Don't think oh, I'll get back to it later or I'm sure it's going to be fine. Document. If you don't need it later on, that's wonderful. But always document. want to uh, send out a quick reminder as well. Saturdays here at uh, 1 o'clock, you catch a disability law show with myself and James Farman and Tamar. So we do both shows because there's a lot of crossover in between the employment side and the disability side, which kind of brings about our next text. Leor says, guys, I'm currently on LTD. I was told my rule of 10 years is no longer needed. Then they offer me a low severance. I'm not signed. Are they allowed to uh, even do that? Isn't my job protected while I'm on LTD? So, no, your job is not necessarily protected, but if there's potential hope for you to come back to work, your employer should not be terminating. They should be assessing your situation when you're ready to come back to work. But if you've been on disability now for 10 years, unless there's an indication that something is improved or if there's an indication that you're not going to be able to come back to work, then this creates what we call a frustration of contract. That means your employer can end the relationship with you with minimal severance. So instead of your full severance, that could only be a small portion of that. Now, again, that only happens if you've been gone for a while, and obviously 10 years is a very long time, but also if there's indication that you're not able to come back to work. If in your situation, you're at a point where you think there's the hope of coming back at some point, then the employer may have jumped the gun. And that may be a wrongful dismissal, could even potentially be a human rights violation. But if the, every indication is you're not coming back to work, then yes, they can terminate employment and the severance is only going to be a small portion here. Happy to chat with you about this so we can address your specific situation, but that's how the law works when it comes to these long absences on disability. Again, that phone number here and now 416-872-1010. Uh, Joanne, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking uh, part of your day to call in. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I just have a question. I'm part of sure. the region of Peel uh, employees who will be, you know, the dissolution of Peel yes. January 2025. Yep. And there's a lot of talk. So basically just wondering, is it a guarantee that we will get a severance or is it different because they closed the doors? We're hearing both. So... Uh if you lose your job as a result of, of uh, this dissolution, then mm -hmm. yes, you will get severance. Now, how much severance depends on a few things. Number one, are you part of a union? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Sorry. So, if you receive a, a, a well, let's let's uh, let's talk about your situation specifically, Joanne. How long mm -hmm. have you been there? Twenty-five years. So it'll be twenty-seven Good. by the time this they close the doors. So, if they give you. Uh, 
sufficient notice. So let's say they were to give you, uh, you know, 18 months notice that uh, you're going to be out of work in January of 2025. Mm -hmm. Well, that 18 months counts towards your severance. What that means Mm -hmm. is that you're only going to be owed an extra right right around six months because severance for you should be 24 months. And if they give you 18 months notice, that counts, which leaves another six months. So uh, roughly that's how the calculation would look like for you. Now, there's an amount of severance that the company cannot give by way of uh, notice. So every employee is going to be entitled to some severance, but with such a significant amount of notice, mm-hmm. it's not going to be that much. So yes, oh, you yes, get okay. severance, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be a high amount because right. of the amount of notice that you got. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's what we're hearing. We don't know. Like, you know how you would think you might get one week per year, and then others are saying, yeah, we just don't know. So, okay, that that makes sense. That's great info. Joanne, have you, have you got, has Joanne got written notice yeah. about when she's going to be let go or no? Or she's just hearing rumors? No, no, we've been, uh, it's announced that they're closing the, uh, well, oh. Peel, Region Peel, but, you know, there were, might be opportunity to go to Mississauga, Brampton, or Caledon, yeah. okay. but we won't know until the last minute. Um, oh, okay, well, this is important, Joanne, exactly. so here's, here's oh. the key here. Mm-hmm. If you were to, to be told unequivocally, just so you know, Joanne, you are out of work Jan 1, 2025, mm-hmm. then you've received notice, and I told you how that works. Mm-hmm. If you're told, hey, you may be out of work, but we don't know yet. There may be other opportunities. We'll know when, I don't know, November, December 2024. Well, that notice doesn't count because it's not unequivocal. You're, uh-huh. you're, you're kind of being left in limbo. Yes, so if exactly. you're being told maybe there's a job somewhere else, maybe not, then that notice would not count. Meaning uh-huh. if you are in, out of a job in January of 2025, you're mm-hmm. going to be entitled to your full severance, which, which could be two years pay. You understand oh, that difference? Good. Yes, I do. Yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, everybody's confused, but this, this is helpful. I'm sure there's others listening. So thank you. That, that is exactly <laughs> why we do the show, Joanne. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we'd love to have you call us back at a, a later yeah. time. If uh, the, you know, the yeah. shoe drops and it doesn't go exactly how you planned again, that number one, eight, five, five, eight, two, one, 5,900. This is, it's funny that Joanne called, that's going to be a really interesting thing going forward. If they kind of, as you say, keep people in limbo and then, you know, at the last minute, Oh, by the way, they want you over in Bolton. They, that could be a severance situation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the usual rules would apply in that situation because it could be a constructive dismissal depending on the job in Bolton, how long it takes you to get to Bolton as opposed to your job in the region of Peel. So there's a lot there to unpack and how clear is a notice that the, per, the person got. So for all non-union employees, non-union, right. okay, when you have clarity as to what's happening in terms of are you out of a job, are you not? Are you getting an offer somewhere else or not? We should talk about it. There's no point necessarily right now because we don't know what's going to happen over the next year and a half. But once you have clarity, certainty as to what's happening and what's not happening, we need to talk. You may be entitled to significant entitlements. Of course, for unionized employees, you have to talk to the union to see other options or what your rights are. But those non-union employees that are losing their job or maybe getting different jobs, once you have that clarity, you have to give me a call. And that'll just about do it for the hour. Thank you so much. If you managed to text in or call in like Joanne or previously, really appreciate you joining the show today. Again, you can carry on that conversation on your own time. And how do you do that? Reach out to Lior and his fantastic team. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You can also use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That quick severance calculation can be done 
by yourself quickly in about 30 seconds through pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can carry on, use that freely and anonymously. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law 